Hello, and welcome to another episode of Defy the Norm podcast. So today I'm sitting down with Erica. Uh, you might follow her already on Instagram at Craig Mama. And the reason I'm so excited to talk to Erica today is because she is one badass climber. And for me, as a mediocre climber at best, uh, I really wanted to f- to like kind of pick her brain and figure out, you know, what is it that um, she's done in her life to overcome? Because let me tell you, you know, rock climbing, I'm sure if you've never rock climbed, it looks scary. And while you're on top rope, really, there's no risk of falling. Uh, there's definitely the fear element. But as soon as you get on the sharp end of the rope, meaning you're on lead and you have that risk of falling, it plays just such a trip on your mind and, you know, how much we love consciousness and mindfulness. And I can't think of any sport that gets like to the root of your fear issues or overcoming traumas as quickly as rock climbing feels to feels like it does. And, uh, you know, well, I could have Victor on here at some point talking about this because he has struggled. I mean, I struggle at rock climbing too, but he has struggled so long just to get comfortable when he's on top rope, just to be able to get over this trust. So for someone like Erica, who, you know, is leading these things that are 512, 513, it's just uh, so amazing. And it's really hard to comprehend how small of holds we're talking. We're not talking like a hold on a wall, a rock that you can like wrap your whole hand around. When you're getting to 512 and 513, you're talking about like splinter size holds that they're making moves on. So it's really impressive. And I'm excited to hear about how she's balanced it with uh, being a mom of two amazing kids and a wife to a husband who also rock climbs with her, but maybe isn't quite as uh, obsessed with it as she is. And I think you'll really enjoy what she has to say. Uh, We ended up talking for a really long time, so you might have to break this podcast into two because I think we talked for about an hour right now. All right, let's get to it. To inspire you to boldly and unapologetically live outside the box, dream big, and question everything. This is the Defy the Norm podcast with nomads with a purpose. Hi, Erica. Good morning. Love the rock wall in the back. <laughs> Perfect shot. Uh, how are you? Good, good. This has been this has been a crazy week for us. We are um I feel like a suburban mom this week. Uh my kids are they I have I have two kids and they are each doing a camp this week, like from like a morning thing from nine to twelve. Um and my son's doing robot camp and it's from nine to 12. And then my daughter's doing ballet camp and it's from nine 30 to 12. So, and I thought that I I picked things that were like close to my house, but they're not close to each other. And so I just all week, I feel like I've been driving from one place to another and then their pickup is at the same time because they both end at 12. So I'm having to like get to the one place, like and pick up 10 minutes early and then I'm only 10 minutes late. And it's, I, I don't know, it's, 
I can't do it. I don't like it. Yeah. Are you wondering like, how do people do this all the time? I don't like many people do this every single day. <laughs> it's awful. Like, yeah, exactly. Oh, I remember being there. Taxi driver. Yeah. I don't miss that at all. Yeah. At all. Um, so where are you guys? Uh, we are in Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. So, um, I, you're going to have to give me a huge backstory. I don't know a lot about, you know, what your, your story is. All I know is that you're an amazing climber. And I'm like, I am just so, I'm such a newbie and I'm just not that good at pushing myself. Uh, the stuff that we climb, it's because my daughter does, mo leads most of it for us. And so she's your rope gun. She is. And she's just so driven. We were going to talk about Enneagram, but she is a type three and just like, she just wants it so much more than I'm willing to fall for. <laughs> but yeah, have you always rock climbed? Um, no, we, my husband and I started at the same time. Um, we're both, I'm 40, he's 42. Uh, and we started when we were, I guess, like 26, 28, something like that. So I guess sort of later in life compared to, you know, these days, it seems like. At well, least yeah. at our gym, it's like the comp kids have been going since they were itty bitty. Um, but yeah, we started, um, I guess, I guess it was like around 2007, something like that. And uh, we just on a whim went to a gym one day. We were visiting my brother-in-law in Montana and it was in that like weird type of season where it was really cold, but there wasn't snow yet. So there wasn't like a ton of stuff to do. So he said, well, there's this climbing gym you know, down the street, let's go try it out. And I loved it. And I loved how I felt like I could, you know, just work every muscle in my body, including muscles that I didn't know that I had without trying, to, without having to like, keep track of like sets and reps. And you know, it, it was, it was like the health aspect of, of strength training, but without, you know, all of the like bro science, I guess that, you know, that goes with just being in a gym. Um, my degree in college is in exercise science. And, um, I, I, right after college, I was a personal trainer and, uh, I, I loved working with people, but I just got burnt out of being in that, that environment all the time. And I think, um, that, that environment has changed a lot in recent years. It's in a, in a positive way, I think, as far as just body positivity and, you know, um, but what I loved about climbing was there was much more of a focus on what my body can do versus what my body looks like, if that makes sense. Well, yeah, I, it's exactly what I wrote about in my um, book, A Playful Life. It's like uh, for so many years, we were just all about the gym and I got to my, I hate counting reps. I hate doing sets. It's like three sets of 15 again. And then um, I don't know how much of my backstory, but I, I was probably 36 when my last, my fifth was done breastfeeding. And I'm like, I'm just going to go surf. I don't know what surfing is, but it just sounds, it sounds fun. I'm like, I just need something, to, an escape really. And then we randomly about a year later, um, got a group on for rock climbing. I'm like, Ooh, I don't know what's rock climbing. That sounds kind of fun. And then yeah, instantly hooked because not only that is the mind part, like I have such a busy mind. And so then you get into rock climbing, laser focus, and that flow state was, was pretty uh, addicting. So did your husband love it too at first? Or was it more? He did not. He yeah. did not. Uh, 
I mean, he thought it, he thought it was cool because, you know, it's cool. But um, he did not take to it right away. Um, at the time, he was pretty into martial arts. Um, and so he was kind of focused on that. He was trying to um, get a whatever degree black belt third, maybe, or something. He was, you know, he had like a big goal that he was focused on with that. Um, and also he was significantly heavier than he is now. Um, he was probably like 250, 255. Um, and so, you know, climbing a lot of it is a strength to weight ratio, right? So it didn't, it was a whole lot harder for him and he liked it. Um, but it was just a lot harder. And so it wasn't like his thing. Um, but he enjoyed, um, once we started climbing outside, he really enjoyed that. And, you know, cause I don't know. I feel like, you know, you're just hanging out at the crag and that's fun no matter how hard you're climbing, just being outside and, you know, climbing to the top and you see these amazing views. So that's kind of what sucked him in. And then um, just naturally from, from climbing, he lost a little bit of weight. And then he noticed that as he lost some weight, he started climbing harder. And so that was more motivating to like, you know, he started jogging a little bit. And so he ended up losing like, 75 pounds or something in those first like eight to eight years or so of us climbing. So, I mean, it really, really did a number on him and his health. So, and that's the thing that I I think for me, I loved about climbing is it was something to go do as a family. I kind of like that for the most part, I could take where my youngest was probably like three or four when we first started, maybe even younger, but like we could all go do it as a family and you have like focus for your day. You're hanging out at, at a spot and, and then I could be a little ADD and be like, oh, let's go try to get lost around the corner here. And it is amazing that, you know, not everybody has to be, you know, amazing climber. It's great if you get right. uh, totally drawn into that part of it. But it's uh, definitely for years uh, before Gabby was old enough to be the rope gun for years, it was just a function of traveling all over the world. Like, let's see if we can find five sevens, five eights. Right. And, and then it just provided focus, at least for us, for our, for our climbing. Now it's kind of fun because she's consistently in like the 10, 11 range. Yeah. Uh, she can, she can, we can change our travels. Now it's like we can loop back to the U.S. and go, oh, wait, right. we can actually do the harder ones now. Right, right. So that, that yeah. part's fun. And if you guys are listening, like the coolest thing about rock climbing is that almost everything is marked. I mean, sometimes it's hard to find without a book and things like that, but I just loved the uh, systemized approach to like, this is a five, seven. Sometimes the ranking's a little off, but it's a, you kind of know there have been a, it's few a good times. guideline. Yeah. And there have been a few times if, uh, that we've been, we were in Europe once climbing in Switzerland and I misread the route and I kind of got stuck on a wall, but then this great uh, guy comes and rescues me off the wall and now we're good friends with them. So it ended up being something that <laughs> led to meeting really cool people. Oh, well, I'm glad you mentioned the, the thing about, you know, like taking your kids out because I mean, I think for people that don't know a lot about rock climbing, it's easy to just picture somebody by themselves way up on a wall and, oh, they're attached to a rope. So there's a belayer down there somewhere, I guess. Um, but it doesn't initially, if you don't know much about it, seem like a good family activity. And we have found that it's the best way to spend our, our weekends and to plan family vacations and stuff around. I mean, both of my kids, we had them out at the base of the cliff when they were like six weeks old. And, you know, we always had an extra, you know, an extra pair of hands with us, like an extra adult. Um, 
or team kids are great for that. Like we had a few team, you know, kids that were on the local climbing team that uh, their parents didn't climb. And so they had only climbed indoors and they wanted to get into outdoor climbing. And we said, Hey, we'll take you with us. If you can also be in the rotation of baby watching, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's such a family friendly activity. Um, mine are 11 and seven. And my 11 year old just started lead climbing um, last summer. So about, about a year ago. Um, but, for, and for maybe like a year or so before then he would top rope some, um, but my daughter, she's seven, she climbs maybe once out of every 10 times, but she loves to go. Um, you know, so that's the thing with the kids, even if they're not climbing, I mean, we're spending the whole day like out in the woods and sometimes there's creeks and streams and there's always like frogs and bugs and stuff to find, you know, I mean, it's just a great day for everybody. Yeah. Even you're, if you're not climbing. You you're know? absolutely right. That's the, um, actually of all of our, so five kids, oldest absolutely won't, he, every so often he might just to push himself, get on the rope, but really he never does. But he, so he's our built-in babysitter, which is nice. Um, he, he's just there to like enjoy, brings a hammock. My second daughter is the, the crazy fearless one. Um, my third daughter is just, she's the best belayer. She'll climb, she'll lead climb some, but she's just, super supportive and those two are best friends but then yeah my fourth and fifth not really when we were climbing in a gym they like bouldering but you put them you tie them into the rope and they're like nope not having it but it's yep. okay we still everywhere we go it's still great for them to just hang out and that part's really really nice when they are younger some of the approaches can get a little steep I yeah think. Sure. I'll admit my youngest, like many years of crying, I don't want to hike up to the rock, but you just say, well, if I had a dollar for every bag of gummy bears that we went through, we call them <laughs> hiking berries of, you know, and you tend to, we tend to go to the same kind of places. And so it's like, this is the obvious stop for water and hiking bears, you know? And it's like, if I had a dollar for every time I said, okay, hiking bears for happy hikers, you have to be a happy hiker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I said, that's gonna be the name of this uh this podcast now <laughs> hiking bears for hiking happy hikers I love it I love it oh man so do you um you climb pretty advanced right you're you're climbing like 512 513 um, yes. I just sent my my third and fourth 513 this past spring so okay so I know Gabby has her eyes on uh on how you're progressing and you know, she's, she's really working hard to have a 512 summer. So tell us a little bit more about how did you, you know, what were the breakthroughs you had? Did you get stuck at 510 for a long time? Did you, you know, tell us your secrets. <laughs> um, well, let's see. Um, well, my story will be, you know, smattered with pregnancies in between these, these landmarks. So she can probably progress faster than I did. <laughs> <laughs> if she doesn't, because yeah. you know, if she doesn't have that, it, you know, happening in the midst of everything. <laughs> um, but I was stuck at, for a long time in that upper ten, low eleven sort of range. Um, I think you know when people first start start getting out and lead climbing, it's like there's a separation of the grades as far as this is the grade I top rope and this is the grade that I lead. You know, and the idea is that most people lead a number grade, at least maybe two yeah. lower than what they'll top rope, you know? And then, um, I guess like the way that I progressed is I would, you know, uh, as I was getting stronger, eventually both of those things, what I would top rope, what I would lead 
would sort of, you know, go up together. And to the point where like most of the times if I was leading something physically, it wasn't a struggle because my top rope level was, was higher. You know, it was more of getting through the mental stuff. And then once I got to that 10 plus 11a sort of mark, I had this breakthrough of realizing it's hard. So like I'm leading and it's hard and guess what? That's okay. It doesn't mean that I'm not ready for this climb, you know? Um, and that really, I mean, it sounds like it sounds so simple, you know, but um, it, it really allowed me to, to see where my limits were and to start pushing. Um, when I think probably the hardest thing I sent before I had my son was like a, 11 plus ish, something like that. I know I hadn't, my, I had not sent a, a 12. Um, cause I, I'd sent my first 12 after he was born. Um, and then, uh, I'm, I'm very into like, like fun stats. So for me, my first 12, I sent it like right at, right around Christmas time in 2011. And so then for that 2012, you know, that was right All around the, the time that ever, you know, you're making your like, yeah, you know, your year goals or whatever. And I just sent my first five twelve, and I said, okay, if I can send one a month, you know, for that next year, then I will have 12 twelves in 2012. And I really liked yeah. the way that that sounded. Um, so I made that, that my goal. Um, and for me, I found that the biggest, the biggest thing with moving into that five twelve range is that I had been physically strong enough for a while to do it, I think, but it was just, it really helps me dial in the tactics and strategy of, you know, of picking a project and sticking with it. Um, prior to having kids, we love to just kind of bebop around the crag, maybe hit more than one crag in a day. And, you know, we'd come, you know, approach this way and then we would do like this climb and then hike this way and this climb and then go out a different way. Um, and then once we had kids, you're not as mobile, mm-hmm. you know, um, you've got an infant that you've been trying to get to fall asleep and they finally fall asleep on the little blanket and you've got the backpacks up to have shade on the infant, you know, and you've had both done the climb. Well, you're ready to move on, but you're not going to leave because your kid's sleeping. So then we started saying, well, let's, why don't we try it around again? You know, and we realized this like, you know, amazing thing of, Hey, if you try it more than once, especially like in the same day, it feels so much easier the second time around, you know? And so that really got us like into more of like a projecting mindset. And, you know, you do the same thing over and over, you get way more comfortable with the, with the moves. Cause you have them memorized, you get um, way more comfortable with um, just the falls. Cause you're so familiar, you know, like really these are maybe the only places that I would fall. And maybe you've taken those falls while you're working it. So then when it comes time to send, all of your headspace is focused on doing the moves and working your beta. If you have something very key to focus on instead of focusing on the fear and what if I fall and, and all of that, because you've already kind of worked through that stuff during the projecting process. And then when it's go time, it's like you have something that you can fill your head with instead of the negative, you know, and you're just all, all you're thinking about is, you know the next, here's what the moves are, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, I have mom guilt now because I realize as you're saying all this, that we just do not spend enough time on the crag projecting. I have this tendency to be like a little bit, I won't say ADD, but like, okay, let's go to the next, let's go to the next, because it's not my goal necessarily. And so I'll catch as you're saying that 
I know Gabby's been saying to me, mom, we've got to set, we've got to go slower so I can sit there and project things more. And, and I do think that that is the, a huge piece of the puzzle for her because this last time where were we Maple Canyon, we kind of had that situation where she was on a, I don't know, 11 C and she, she tried to send it, but she fell on the last move and, and we didn't have really anywhere to go. So she got to try it again. And then of course nailed it. Um, it was, it's interesting. Yeah. The, before we just used to travel too fast and we used to, um, we just, uh, with five kids, they were young. So even though she doesn't have babies, she's traveling with us. And like, there was always a kid that's okay. Well, how much longer? Like she has the hear. logistics aspect of the kids, but yeah. not the physical repercussions of the kids. Yet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> she, she's like, oh, then in fact, she's even told me like, can we just go for a climbing trip to, uh, without them? So, and I'm like, yeah, I know we need to make that happen for you. Um, because I do think it's going to be, I mean, it's silly that this 12 is such a big deal, but it's such a big deal. You, it is. Yeah. And I feel like more so than it, I don't know, 512 has this mystical kind of feeling about it more so than I think like 13 or 14. And I don't know, like I was more proud probably of my first 12 than I was my first 513. And then and I don't think I have to ask, but I think you accomplished the 12 and 12 and 12, right? I did. I did. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it, it, it's a given. I know. <laughs> just on the record. That's awesome. Okay. So let's see. Favorite climbing place. Where do you absolutely love? Um, can I say two? Of course. <laughs> um, favorite localish place is definitely the New River Gorge. Um, I know you guys are West Coast, so I don't know how much you've done East Coast, but we're coming I mean, there definitely- though. We're on our way there this fall. I'm so excited. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Yes. Definitely okay. stop at the new. Um, and then you should stop at the red too. If okay. you're going around that way but I I personally like the new better than the red um east coast climbers it's sort of a thing like you fall in one camp or the other um both are great it's just which style of climbing you prefer better um but yeah so the new definitely is it just feels like a second home I mean we're up there just about every weekend in the fall and the spring and you know we've been going up there for over a decade at this point our kids you know we have such good memories as a family there you know um and then as far as like places we like to travel, travel to Ten Sleep, Wyoming is our favorite. So okay. it's, I mean, nothing beats those views. And it's, for us, it's so good because the best climbing season out there is in the summer. Um, and so it's always like this escape from all the heat and the humidity into this beautiful, like higher elevation canyon with wildflowers in Ju- July, you know? <laughs> Honestly, Ten Sleep's the, like, the closest you can get to feeling like you're in Europe. Um, not that Europe's better, but it is beautiful. So it's, uh, it tend sleep had been on our list for a really long time because we were climbing our, we only started climbing, um, 2014, I think. And then 2015 is when we moved into our RV and kind of started chasing the crag and someone we're at shelf road. And someone's like, Oh, if you like this, go to 10 sleep. And it took us until last year, um, to get there. And then we just kept looping it. We would go <laughs> through 10 sleep down to Idaho, zigzag right back to Ted sleep to South Dakota. And last year, yeah, we just like, it kept going back and forth because it is, it's, it's just, it's so beautiful and not crowded really there. Yeah. Yeah. We've been there. Um, we've planned four trips around it, but you know, longer, you know, a few week trips out there. And every time 
we go into the trip thinking this is probably going to be the last time. Like we'll probably want to go somewhere else. Cause at this point, you know, all the major areas we've climbed, you know, we've climbed out a lot of it. Um, you know, and we think that it'll probably be the last time. And then when we leave, we're always like, I can't imagine not coming back to this place, you know, in for however many years, you know, we always wind up back there. And then it's, it's fun now that my son is, is lead climbing. We go back and we like revisit all of these, these areas that like the first time we were there when we were only climbing 511, like now he's getting on that stuff and it's fun to kind of circle back. And we're having that, that same kind of fun at the new also. Like, yeah, that's um, yeah. I, I love ten sleep. Like Gabby's probably topped out most of where her range is, but this summer she should be able to do the next one. But for me, I'm like, it's the only place that there's like a couple of 10 B's that I just love that I'll actually get on the sharp end of the rope and lead them. And so we will go back there because it's a great spot for learning, learning to lead and overcome. Yeah. Cause those bolts are real close together. <laughs> Makes such a difference. Is the new like that? No, <laughs> the okay. new is very old school. And, um, the bolt the the rock is not very featured so um the stuff there tends to feel until you get a feel for how to do it and until you develop like really good lock-off strength stuff feels super reachy um even at like easier grades you know um and then once you kind of learn how to climb it then i feel like you can really you can really embrace it but we you know he started leading last summer at uh, at hidden valley which is a um, like a, a localish, not as well-known area in Virginia. Um, and those bolts are fairly close together. And then we went out to Ten Sleep, and because he's very much like his mama, he had a goal, uh, last year of, he wanted to do 10, five tens at the age of 10 at Ten Sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he did that, but then we, we told him just so you know, we'll spend all fall at the new, you know, you've been sending hard tens and he got his first 11, just be ready. You're going to have to dial that back, you know, yeah. because it's not, it's not going to feel the same. Um, you know, I mean, this, the climbing style is just, is just unique. It's super technical. Um, but there, it tends to be, it tends to be, uh, not as sustained. So it's less about endurance. Um, um but for instance, like whatever, whatever grade you boulder, like, let's say that you boulder V4, V5, um, at the red, which is much more endurance based and just how long can you hang on? Um, I mean, there's five, tw- most of the five twelves there won't have any singular move harder than like V3, sometimes V2. Whereas at the new at the same grade, like a 12A, 12B, those cruxes will be V4 for sure. Um, but then the rest of the climbing won't be as hard, you know? Okay. So it's just, it's just a different, like when we go to the red at the same grades that we climb at the new, we have no trouble getting to the top. It's just hard to send, you know, because <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. it's, everything is a lot more sustained. Okay. Whereas, you know, climbers that are used to the red, they come to the new and the cruxes feel a whole lot harder at the same grade, you know? So it's just, it's just different. I mean. Okay. That'll be interesting to see. I would guess that I'm going to be more of a fan of the red, but it'll be interesting to see. I'll let you know after we make it there. The new is definitely prettier as well i mean i mean the the bridge is awesome and you know the climbing you top out like over the river and you see the gorge and it's gorgeous whereas the first time we went to the red we were like where's the river i mean it's it's just like all the crags are just sort of i mean it's not it's not as pretty as far as like sweeping views if that okay 
Yeah. Is it at the new, is there uh, like campground close by and is it? Yeah, there's, um, there are, you can, a lot of people say at the American Alpine club, um, like if you're a member, I think you get a discount. Uh, we stay at a little, at a little campground called Chestnut Creek. It's owned by a, a, it's family owned. Like the one family has owned it for years and years and years. And we're friends with the guy that owns it. Um, but now that we, I think you saw just recently, we went out and got our, our little baby RV trailer. Um, we're trying, now we're trying to find all the good like trailer spots. So That's awesome. So up until now, you did all tent camping. We were tenters. Yes. Yeah. I, it's amazing. As much as I like adventure, tent camping just is so hard. It's such a different muscle. We have done some trips abroad and just gone with tents, but man, I tell you, if you're climbing that level and you're doing a tent at night, <laughs> my hat off to you. I am so impressed because <laughs> I still have this thing like, well, I just want my nice mattress in my RV. I just want to get a good night's sleep. And yeah. <sighs> I'm sorry. Now, when we go, like previously, when we go out of 10 sleep, we would stay in like a little cabin type place okay. in town, you know, so we won't, we wouldn't tent all the way out there. It was just too much to bring all of the gear in the van. I mean, yeah, true. And then we had, you know, we had an issue of like food storage just because, you know, out there, the grocery stores are not that close. You know, it was, we didn't want to drive 45 minutes into town every day. And it was yeah. difficult, you know, to have enough food for everybody. We didn't want to go drive into town and go out to eat every night, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Logistics is true. 10 sleep. That is the one thing. It's beautiful up there, but you are, it's it's a long drive down the mountain. If you're going to go into town, have you climbed Lander? Uh, We did one year. We, one year we, um, we flew into Salt Lake city and then on our way to 10 sleep, we stopped in, in wild iris for a few days. Okay. And we, we climbed in Wild Iris and then we did the hike into sinks where we did the big water slide. Oh, nice. Um, not sure if you guys have done that one. We haven't not. done the water slide. We've climbed Wild Iris. We climbed sinks, but we, the time, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why we didn't do the water slide. I don't remember. But yeah, that's worth it. It's worth doing. Worth it. Okay. We're and I hate there. cold water. I hate cold water, but it was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'm right there. Whew. Well, I'm really excited about, uh, Maybe uh, we'll end up climbing together. Yeah, yeah, we'd be happy to meet up. Tips and pointers. Um, so what do you do outside of climbing? Do you have, what's your, uh, do you have other passions or is pretty much you're on that bouldering wall behind you training every day? Um, I think, well, as far as me and like personal, yes, personal hobbies, it. personal passions, climbing is definitely, definitely the thing. Um, and I can do a lot of stuff with that and, um, uh, I wrote a guidebook, um, several years ago, this one, it probably needs to be updated. Um, but I wrote a guidebook for the, you know, the local areas near us. Um, I love to write and, you know, I have a blog where I'll write different tips and stuff about, you know, getting kids out and different trip reports and things like that. So, um, I feel like climbing as a passion is more than just the training aspect. You know, I can do a lot, do a lot of things with it. Um, but that's kind of my thing. Um, and then during the, during the week, I homeschool my kiddos. Um, and well, that's uh, a full time. It is. Yes. <laughs> Even if it's not the schooling part, just the entertaining part of, of it is definitely, you know, full time focus. <laughs> yeah. And we, we've homeschooled, like my son is, I get, he's getting ready to start sixth grade. 
And he went to, um, homeschooling was never on our radar. My husband and I both went to public school, did fine. You know, we just, this is what you do. You send your kids to school, didn't really think about it. Um, so my son went to kindergarten for the first, for the fall semester. And, you know, it just wasn't a good fit. And I know, I mean, I'm not anti-school yeah. by any means. Like I know for a lot of people, it works great, but it did not work for us. Um, you know, I felt like he was exhausted coming home. And I mean, it was like in a frenzy to get the energy out, you know, and um, I just feel like five years old is too young to hate school. <laughs> he was like, but he was like, I don't get to play at all. I have to sit in my chair all day. Yeah. Um, Cause that's not at all what he was used to. That's not what he was coming from. Um, so uh, I had my background is in teaching before I had kids. Um, I was a PE teacher. And so I, I felt comfortable with kindergarten, you know, <laughs> with yeah. teaching kindergarten. So we pulled him that spring semester and then we just haven't looked back. Um, it has made so many aspects of our life easier. Um, not the least of which is just the taxi service that I mentioned <laughs> earlier, you know, we don't have to do that. Um, but yeah, it makes climbing trips on the weekend far easier. You know, we can get out of town early on a Friday afternoon as soon as my husband's done with work and we can get back super late on a Sunday night. And that's totally fine because we don't have to be anywhere Monday morning. We can sleep in and just start our day whenever everybody wakes up, you know. Yeah. So that climbing wasn't why we started homeschooling. But it, I mean, I, once we got into it, we realized, hey, this is a lot better. So kind of made me wonder why we never thought to do it before. but. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of times you have to uh, be in the experience, right? You don't really yeah. think about it. And then all of a sudden you're in the experience. I was going to say like, uh, you know, it's a big deal. Congratulations for following your intuition, because I do notice a lot of people have that tug at their heart, like, oh, this doesn't feel right, but self-doubt. And I was thinking like uh, how much you climb, rock climb probably made it easy. It was probably that spot in when you're on the wall, you think like, well, is it safe to make this move? What are my capabilities? And you kind of know also when to just trust your instincts and go. And there's just Yeah. And I'm real, especially those first couple of years, I'm really glad that we came to it the way we did. I'm glad that we tried the other option because yeah. then on those hard days where I questioned, am I doing this right? Am I making this huge mistake with my child? Like you get one chance, right? You know, on those days, um, I found that it was easy to say, okay, well, I know what the alternative looks like. And that wasn't a good fit either. Either option is hard, right? Yeah. You know, it's just finding the, you know, the option that's the best for you. So. Yes. Yes. I'll reiterate that. If you're listening and you're not sure about homeschooling, even us experts have been doing it for so long. <laughs> Self-doubt absolutely haunts us. I can't, I feel like it maybe haunts me less now, but it's 17 years of homeschooling. I mean, those first decade, I think I questioned once a week, at least that's it. Yeah. Victor, we're sending him to school. This is yeah. a horrible influence. I'm going to ruin their life. I can't <laughs> maintain my patience. And now it's, I mean, maybe it helps too that my husband's around most of the time. So he's so good with the kids that I can, and, my, and half of them are adults for me now. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter, but definitely. So now when you question, when you question yourself, now you can look at the success that you've had, you know, and you can, yes. uh, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's probably reassuring. Yes. In fact, uh, I think when they were, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, I, I wrote kind of a little homeschooling book and, 
and like, it's not about the curriculum and all these ideas. And then I kind of put it away because I said, you know what? I don't know. What if I'm wrong? What if I say this and my kids turn out horrible? And now I feel like, oh, they're just, they're so happy and, and driven. And I don't care really like what their measure of success to be happiness is so important and that they're contributing to the world. So now I'm getting, I'm working on being more vocal about it because I need yeah. to think. Have you written the book yet? Well, no, but I use on the podcast. I try to be louder. And yeah. I think on our, we're launching this new app and I think I'll do more workshops and yeah. things on that. And I don't know if I'll ever go back to writing an actual book because I wrote two and they pretty much just sat on my computer. Well, I mean, you can find them, but I never marketed them. I was horrible about taking it from that step to the next. So I told myself, I'm not allowed to write another book. I can go back and start marketing my old ones, which I need to do. It's on my, it's on my long it's, to-do list. From, I mean, just from writing, the, the guidebook took me, you know, a couple of years to write. And, you know, and then when you put that out there, that's your baby, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I, I think a, like a climbing guidebook type situation is a little bit easier to market because people come to the area, that's the one that they need, right? Like, you know, it's, um, so I automatically put, I had a publisher that did most of the marketing and stuff, but I mean, it was just hard. You know, I sort of earlier when I said it probably needs to be updated, I say that kind of cringing because I just don't know if I want to do that again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really glad I did it, you know, but then, um, you know, the book is published and then I open it up and I have read every word in that book 40,000 times. And then the first thing I see is like, how did I miss that typo, you know, or like, <laughs> right. And so it's easier because you're in some ways because you're selling facts. This is this sure. crime. This is this stuff. But you're selling those facts to people who are extremely critical. And yeah. that's a hard, that's a hard one. I catch mine isn't so much science-based. It's a little bit of opinion. It's, I, it's a playful life. This is what I think people need to. I, so I wanted to interview you. I think sports and redefining, not that lifting weights is bad, but when we find a higher purpose for the lifting weights, like homeschooling. Right. We're not homeschooling to, to be better than the education system in teaching math. We're there because we want a bigger purpose of um, connecting with our kids, being the bigger influence in their life, family values, all these other things. And so it's hard. I go, oh man, I know I'm coming back to my book lately and I look at it, I'm like, this is so good. Like with the health, the state of the health of the world, this is so important. And I feel bad. Now I'm kind of end up telling myself it's too late. People don't like, they just don't want to be healthy. And I'm like, what am I doing? I'm telling myself this story that is so yeah, the whole point of my book was like, go find a sport. I don't care if it's rock climbing, kayaking, surfing, but you get, get, you gotta get outside in nature. Something magical yeah. happens when you're outside in nature, engrossed in flow state. And then like you said, your body just changes. I mean, I wasn't fat or overweight ever, but compared, I don't play, I don't surf like I used to. And I noticed, I'm like, man, my arms aren't the same as they were before. I mean, I might have to go work out. I don't want to work out. I'd rather just go surf. And then there's that element, you're, you're a personal trainer. So all that base provides good rehab, right? You, you know, right. my shoulders, okay, I'm overtraining my shoulders. It's time to like, give them some love. Right. Um, and we, we you, you know, we touched on it earlier and I said the thing that attracted me to climbing was, you know, that it was getting away from that whole environment, you know. And so for years and years, I did nothing but climb and I would see 
people talk about like this training program or that training program. And I was like, I don't want it. I don't want to hear about it because I, I don't want to get caught up in that anymore. You know? Yeah. Um, I feel like both my husband and I are of the personality. Like if we're going to do it, we're going to do it. You know, like it's like, we're going to be all in. Um, we're not going to do something halfway. And so, um, it's only been in recent, like the past four or five years or so that I've gotten back into, um, into like doing like extracurricular strength training type things. Um, and I did it initially because I felt like I had, I had hit a wall, um, you know, kind of a plateau of, I had been at 12 plus, like having done a couple 13s, but mostly like 12 plus ish, like for a long time, like years I was there, you know? And so I kind of stepped back and was like, what is, what can I do to sort of break out of this plateau? Um, and so, uh, and then in, 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 during the pandemic, I mean, we took the most time off from climbing than we had in like ever the history of our climbing. Like I took more time off during quarantine than I did with either baby, you know, cause right. I climbed all, all through my pregnancies, just top roping. Um, and so after that, I actually hired a coach and, um, she has been super helpful and got me going on some, some strength stuff and, has me lifting like heavy weights and, uh, you know, it's it's been years since I had done that. And I realized, Oh, this is fun too. Like it makes me feel strong and I do enjoy doing this. It's like the mindset. Now I'm like able to come back to it and see it in a positive way. Um, you know, and I think part of that is because I am 40 and I know that, you know, if I'm not actively using my muscles, then, Mm-hmm. you know, they go away, you know, and just, just for like that, re- that injury prevention kind of thing, you know, when I get injured, I don't bounce back the same way that I would if I was 25 and got injured, you know? So, um, so I like just that general fitness strong, like just that overall, I feel strong in my body, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Because you have to constantly put on new um, adaptations or, or force your body to adapt. And I'm sure if you go for years of climbing 12, your body starts to adapt to that. And then regardless of you are using all your muscles on the wall, but you're using them in like predictable patterns. So then you start avoiding certain movement patterns and And you don't even realize it. Yeah. And it's also, yeah, you're using your, all your body, but it's not in a quantitative way. You know, it's like some days it's not symmetrical when you're out on the, I mean, unless you're training at a gym on like attention board that is symmetrical yeah you know so you don't realize how oh well I'm like favoring my right shoulder or I I can go deeper in a right hand guest on than on a left hand you don't notice those things you know but yeah. when you're my husband's a huge you know he's a strength coach so he's very much like on me all the time you've got to you got it. Well, now he doesn't say you got to, he knows better, but he, he's always <laughs> promoting. Uh, I mean, he has one lady who uh, she's in her sixties and a climber granted she's mostly indoors, but it's, a it, yeah, he's a getter. Like you got to deadlift. We got to do these heavy explosive movements yeah. to transfer over onto the wall while you're not doing the exact same movement pattern. The transfer of energy is similar. And so that, that power yeah. production becomes really important. Plus all that. I think stuff like that is, is so good. Like just in all walks of life versus it seems like, you know, at this point, 20 years ago or so when I graduated college um, and I was like, it seemed like the whole vibe in the gym was much more um, 
like fitness for the sake of fitness, if that makes sense, you know, Tony. like everybody wanted to yeah, be toned. Yeah. And it was, here's like 15 different exercises that you can do. And like, this works just your biceps, this works yeah. just your deltoids. And that, you know, and it just, it makes you feel like you have to do all the things, which is super frustrating. Whereas now I feel like, you know, the, the mantra is, can you hinge? Can you squat? Can you push? Yeah. Can you pull? You're exactly. good, you know, like, and it's just so much more, it's like the movement is more complex, but it's much more applicable to real life. And you just don't have to do 45 exercises, you know? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, we're huge proponents in all of our training programs of like, you can be in and out so fast. Um, you know, as long as you hit those four major, major uh, right. movement patterns, then yeah, you're definitely women. For us, we spend the majority of our time just on mobility. I mean, I probably, I did actually make an effort to work out with my husband yesterday. It was big, big move for me. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, when we're not, we're not in our home base very often. So if we're on the road, it's hard. We don't have sure. a thing, but like MFR, like myofascial release and yoga is the staple one or two times a day. We're on the floor as a family rolling on balls. Do you, are you spending a lot of time on that type of prehab or you? Um, probably not as much as I should, but yeah, yeah, we are. Uh, my husband and I are super cool that we like to foam roll at night while we watch TV. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. <laughs> and say. we have one of those for Christmas. My husband got one of those hypervolt things like the massage gun. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so, so we'll just sit there on the couch and take turns like, like <laughs> <hypervolting> each other. <laughs> it's romantic. <laughs> right. That's awesome. But it's romantic. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, is there anything you want to end with to encourage people to give it a try? I know there's the stigma that rock climbing's like dangerous or scary or whatever those things. I think most people are starting to get past that, but it's just like how fitness was 20 years ago. I think that's where rock climbing was five years ago. And we're seeing the evolution that it's super accessible, but I'm sure you have better advice than I have. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think a lot of people tend to look at it and think, oh, this is for the thrill seekers. And this is for people that like type two fun and want to put themselves in scary situations. And, um, you know, we talked about this last week. I'm an Enneagram one. Um, I like to adventure, but I feel like I'm very controlled in my adventure. You know, I don't like to be scared. Um, you know, I like to, push through things. Um, but you know, it's not an all or nothing thing. Like you start rock climbing and it's not like, you know, your first time outside, you're going to be on like a run out friction slab trad route. You know, I mean, there's, <laughs> um, I think there's something in climbing for most people, you know, if you, if you just want to try it, I mean, I think, you know, there's, there's so many gyms. It seems like there's a gym in every you know, within an hour or two of every area, except maybe around 10 sleep. I don't know. There's nothing yeah. around it. <laughs> That's true. There you're stuck. <laughs> yeah. But, but then, you know, then there, you, there's awesome stuff you can do outside, but yeah. yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, starting at a gym is, is great. And, you know, I think, I think there's, there's something for everyone, depending on what, what I love about climbing is you can get out of it, what you put in, you know, there's so many people that I see at the gym every week they're there at 6 a.m every tuesday and thursday and they climb outside maybe once or twice a year that's not why they do it for me i train in the gym 
because I want to be better at outdoor climbing and that's where it's at for me. But for a lot of the people that I climb with at the gym, like that's all they ever do. And that, you know, once or twice a year, they might go outside and, you know, and they'll laugh how they get really scared and they can't climb as hard outside than inside. And like, that's fine. Because I mean, but for them, that's what they do for fitness. They're there every Tuesday and Thursday at six. So they're committed, you know, Um, but just like they, you know, they're getting out of it something completely different. So, and it's, it's great for, for both, you know? Oh yeah. I can't, uh, you nailed it with the, some people don't want to go out. The ego can get caught up in, uh, if you start off climbing indoor, you can get a lot of attachment. I, I try to always encourage, go for it, but don't get so attached to yeah. if it's a 510 or 511 that you forget why you're in there in the first place. Right. Because right. there's so much, and it's okay. Yeah, someone can love indoor versus outdoor. I When we were in San Diego, I used to love the fact that that was my gym just to go get an ex, get a workout in for the day and and climb but nothing for me is going to replace what it feels like to be outside. Um, And then because of that, I probably should put more pressure on myself to be better, but I don't have, I don't find that desire. I don't, I don't have the ego attached there quite yet. Yeah. Um, Well, I have trouble trying. I sometimes have trouble with my try hard in the gym. Like, and I think it's because I don't care about it as much, you know? Yeah. (laughs) When I'm outside, especially if we're traveling or something, it's like, this is go time. I don't know when I'm going to get back to this, you know, to the base of this route with good conditions with, you know, what at this level of strength or whatever. Um, whereas in the gym, it's like, Oh, well, this will be up here for the next two months. I mean, I can just try it tomorrow. You know, (laughs) it's it's hard to to dial into that. Try hard. That totally Uh, makes sense. Do you know what Enneagram your husband is? He's an eight. Okay. Yeah. You guys, so that's an intense combo. But yes. <laughs> yeah. And I'm pretty sure, I mean, I know, I know you don't, you know, you don't type kids and all that. Oh, stuff, I totally type my kids. I, <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know what mine are yet, but whatever my son is, he can be a one, he can be an eight, he can be a three. He's going to, he's one of the like kind of dominant types Okay. and whatever he might be, my daughter is like the complete opposite. Like she might be a four, she might be a seven, you know, yeah. like, they're, they're totally different. And so speaking about ego, um, my son has a hard time with that, especially when he feels like he can send V5 in the gym. And so then, and he'll hear us say to other people, you know, well, on a 12A, the crux should be like V3, V4. That's about what it is. It'll feel yeah. harder than that because you're 60 feet off the deck, you know, but that's about what it is. And he's like, well, I can't send 512, you know, so he's, he's a perfectionist. And he, I think I, I, really think that whenever he ties in, he expects that he's going to send first try. It doesn't matter if it's the hardest thing he's ever tried. Like there is an expectation that like he will do it and he will do it perfect. And if he does not, we have had numerous, numerous like temper tantrums on the wall, (laughs) you know, and it's, it's tough as a parent to know, like, like, I always feel bad when people walk around and they see him up there, like, you know, and I'm sure they're like, look at these parents pushing their kids too hard. <laughs> and, you know, and oh my they, gosh. people, they see that he's upset up there and they assume that he's scared. And I'm like, he is not scared to fall. He's scared to fail. Like he's scared mm-hmm. because he's up there and he's getting pumped, but he's afraid to commit to the move because 
it's committing and it's not the kind of move you can reverse. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so he's stuck and he's going to stand there until he pumps out. Like, this is what's going to happen. So <laughs> it's interesting, like being where I am with the experience level I am like seeing him and, you know, like I've been there, I've been in that spot and it's so hard as a parent, like he's got to learn some of the lessons on his own. I mean, I can say, <laughs> I can say all I want to, and I know I'm right, but like, he's just got to figure some of it out. Like, <laughs> Yeah. So is it, do you feel like you're does. watching yourself on the wall? Yes. Yes. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, it's right. funny. He and I do not always get along so well. We're not always the best. I'm not always the best belayer for him. My husband yeah. is able to stay calm more. Like I think when the situation is intense, like he and I both like ratchet each other up, you know. Um, yeah. But my husband is much able to like <laughs> to get everybody to calm down. So um, yeah, but but we we he and I have both been doing better and. Like the other day, he and I went to the gym and it was like, it's been recently in, like a new parenting achievement unlocked that he and I can go to the gym and he can belay me. He just, he top oh, That's cool. Yeah. Um, but you know, he can belay me and I can belay him. And I came home and I told my husband, you know, it feels like just, he was my climbing partner for the day. You know, we went there and he, and he, my husband said, was anybody crying? No, no, we did great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, I, I, your kid could see um it's hard he could be a you're right one three or eight it's it just you'll have to keep uh looking at it from like how okay wh where's his growth like your growth is all spontaneity right and see right like, okay right. does does he seem like this better when we're bouncing between walls or if he's a a three it's like okay well do i see he does better like when he learns to trust things more or if um as an eight, like showing a little bit more compassion. So yeah. So obviously your husband and growth is great as a belayer because he's probably steps into his type two a little bit more and he's a little right, more right. passionate. That helped me because I'm an eight and Gabby's a three. And while I, what, I mean, honestly, I think the Enneagram growth, I told the kids this, <laughs> this week, I go, you know what? I think this whole Enneagram growth thing is so stupid. That's just why I suck right now because I've embraced too much of my type two. I used to be so much more driven and now, and they laugh at me because of like, <laughs> they're like, mom, you're not that type. But I am really chill for me what I used to be. I used to be so much more like, I got to push, I got to do this. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? Whatever happens, we're good. And my daughter, yeah. the, the three, Gabby, I used to like bribe her for a yellow card. Look, if you, if you get a yellow card on the soccer field, I'll give you 20 bucks. And because <laughs> I was so much like, oh, I got to compete. I got to be the best. Let's go. And, and I recognized that, Oh, wait, wait, this is me trying to reflect my image on my daughter. Like what, why do I care? And then as right. we started traveling and did different sports, I mean, surfing really helped that because uh, rock climbing similar, but you know, surfing, just you and the energy of the wave and you get, you get smashed. Like you can be the best surfer out there, but you know, sometimes the set comes in at a different angle and sometimes you're not sitting right. deep enough and you get spun around enough times that you become humble and you're sure on the wall too, that, you know, sometimes the, the spacing's different. Sometimes, you know, you, you just take hard falls and you start to be like, okay, I'm just yeah. my ego in check. Yeah. Some of my, some of the, I mean, I, I would like to look back statistics and see, but I feel like more often than not, the times that I've sent big projects, I've also fallen on the warm up, like in the same day, you know? Um, yeah. But, uh, but, but 
yeah, something you said about, about like matching, matching with your daughter. So, uh, you know, our daughter, she, I, yeah, she's whatever we're, we're not, it's like my son and my husband and I, we're all like one kind of category and she's like the total opposite. And so it's really, really fun. The times that she does decide to climb. Um, Cause my son, like whenever he climbs, I mean, it, it's like, he's very driven and he's not going to tie in unless he feels like, I you know, it. he's yeah. going to get it. Yeah. Or at yeah. least get to the, t- at least get to the top, you know, this or that. Um, but he's very like, it's, he, it, he ties in and he's ready to perform. You know, he, this is, he, he's going to try hard, you know, he's not going to tie into something just to like goof around, you know? <laughs> and whereas, so there are times where, you know, at the crag, like, um, you know, like we try to pick areas that have like either something for each of us at the same area, or it'll be like Saturday is the day we go to my project and Sunday, either something my husband's working on or like something that Kanan can work on. Um, so sometimes like, you know, climbing is, is an emotional thing. Sometimes emotions are running high. Potentially there were some, you know, some like shouting on the wall, <laughs> you know, things are intense. And then my daughter decides to get in and nine times out of 10, she just likes to climb up to like the first bolt or maybe not even climb. But if the, if the route was steep and the ropes coming down, she'll just tie in and we'll like bumper her up and she can swing, you know, so <laughs> she'll tie in and then she'll start doing that. And like, she's cracking up laughing and it is the most refreshing thing. And it makes all three of us like super intense type A people just <sighs> like, yes. that's right. This is fun. You know, it's so fun. Right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're right. She's yeah, probably she, nine, nine like, or a seven. Yeah, like I don't know that she's ever climbed more than like 15 or 20 feet off the ground, but she'll get up there and she's like in her own imagination, like pretending she's a princess storming the tower walls. You know, that's what she does. That's what she sees climbing as, which is great Amazing. and so yeah. refreshing. <laughs> Absolutely. But it's such a contrast with everyone else. <laughs> so intense. Oh, that's that's amazing. Um it's really fun. Yeah. It's really fun to see other families. Uh, I don't know. We, everything you're saying, I can totally relate to just the, the wide spectrum and that it's a great place to bring out uh, each kid's uniqueness and get them away from electronics and all that other stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, she might be a type six. I'm thinking right now too. ballet, not wanting to go past the first bolt. Yeah. She, and she also, I mean, she could be, a, I, she could also be a two. She's very, very keen in on other people's emotions, especially uh, mine, like from an early, early age, even as an infant, like if she could read me like a book, if I was upset, you, you know? Yeah. Um, so I could see that happening too, but yeah, she's very, the rest of us are pretty extroverted. She's very introverted and she, likes to be in, you know, she'll play for hours in her room, just listening to music. And she calls it dreaming where Aww. like, I mean, I'll hear like a whole screenplay happening in her room where she's doing different voices, like for different characters that she is, you know, I mean, yeah, she gets deep, deep into her, her you know, her dreamland in a way that I don't think that anyone else in the family like understands, you know, she's very right. whimsical. When you guys are on the crag, do you catch her just staring off at the trees and like, yes, very and immer- she's dancing around and she's, you know, like, yeah. Yeah, we joke that people walking around the corner like they might also think that like is something wrong with her like is she okay because you know she's like loudly playing by herself yeah 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 yeah, yeah that's okay uh, before we wrap her 
Oh, sorry. Sorry. She, she brings like little, little, like, you know, tiny little doll figurines yeah. and she'll have them climb up on like little boulders. And if there's like a, like little pockets, like she'll fill it with water and like, Oh, this is their bathtub. You know, that's, that's what she does all day. Uh, you know, I mean, we won't hear, like she'll go off and she'll do that. She's 50 feet away from us, but like, we won't hear from her for hours because she's engrossed in what she's in her doing. world. Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. Okay. I wanted to wrap up with some advice. One more thing, personal advice, really, because Gabby will go through and edit this. So she'll listen to the last clip and tell her some advice on how to project. Like, cause you said you will go project this and your husband and then your son goes to this. Like, do you guys kind of have a formula for projecting? We start by doing this, like, give me your projecting yes. advice. Yes. Um, first of all, I think, um, my husband is especially good at this and he's kind of taught me to be good at this as well. When we're going to a new area, we will scour the guidebook and scour mountain project, um, you know, and look up the different routes and get all of the like kind of recon that we can okay. about certain routes. So I think part of like the first part of picking a project and projecting is like finding a good project for you. And for us as mostly weekend warriors, it's like, we don't have time to shop around and find like, you know, and try 10 different things. Otherwise, like that's half the season, you know? Um, so it's, I think part of it is getting good at like picking out the right route for you. Um, I like to go on mountain project and especially for stuff at the new that is kind of reachy. I like to see who has ticked it, uh, you know, and like, are these names girls? Are they, you know, like, yeah, that's a good um, one. Just this, you know, and sometimes there's beta videos on there um, or anything like that. Um, so, and I think like when you're break, like if you're looking for a first 12, I would look for stuff that says that, um, you know, the business is down low, like within the first two or three volts. Um, cause then mm. that's a lot easier to work than, you know, than something that has a crux right at the chains, you know, yeah. um, one move wonders are usually like in a, you know, in a book, it'll usually, you can sometimes read between the lines and say, okay, it's really just two moves. Those are great ones to start with, you know, um, if you see on mountain project that people are routinely saying that this particular route is soft, that's a great one for, you know, for your first one, like lose the shame when it comes to, you know, like 12A, there are plenty of soft 12As, there are plenty of sandbagged 12As, they're all 12A, there has to be a, a spectrum, you know, Yeah, yeah. but um well, right. because once you get over that mental block, I'm sure a lot of it is, I, I talk about this all the time, belief system, belief system. So once, if you have to be on a soft 12A, that belief system, like I'm a 12A climber is going right. to change what right. you think of in the next 12, you know. Right, exactly. Yeah. And then once you've kind of picked your route out, I mean, I think um, for my husband and I, both of us, we are not as like, I think one of my big, biggest weaknesses is my strength, if that makes sense. Like, yes, compared no, to other sure. climbers that climb the same grades as me, I am not as strong as them. Like, as, as far as how hard I can boulder, yeah. um, you know. Um, but I think what I have going for me is, from years and years of climbing, I think my mental game is stronger than my physical game. And so sometimes, I, a lot of times, I'm able to, I guess, more like outsmart a climb and, because I can't overpower it because I'm not that strong. But what I'm good at doing is applying 100% of my strength, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think so. I think strategy wise, um, you know, you get to the route and get to the top of it however you can and don't expect to be able to do the moves on it all right away. Like, do you guys have one of those, um, 
those like kind of extendable stick clips, like the smaller ones that you can put on your harness? We need, no, I ordered one I thought on Amazon and I ordered the wrong thing. So I need, I, when we were at 10 sleep, we saw a girl climbing 12s and I'm, I looked at Gabby and I'm like, she's, you're a better climber than this, but she would do that. She would, so she'd extend that, yeah. the reach. Yeah. I need to get one of those. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and I know a lot of people, that's not like the cool way to project something, but I mean, you can get it done more efficient. I mean, yeah. to me, I'm not, I mean, I'm not afraid to take a whipper most of the time but I don't enjoy doing it. And it's, I don't enjoy having to like jug back up, you know? So if they're, especially if it's a long sequence to the next bolt, sometimes you can't even see what the holes are like at the the clipping hold. You know, I'll try a couple of times. And if I keep falling, I'll just stick clip my way. I'll just stick clip the next bolt. And then I can work those moves out. And then I can, you know, I can say, take halfway through that sequence where you can't, if you're leading, like you might need to just say, take halfway through and brush them holds find the best spot on the hold so you can put a little tick mark on it. Um, okay. You know, like, so from a strategy perspective, I think it's way more efficient than having to, Oh, if you're always leading it, you're always having to figure it out on the fly. You know, yeah, I think yeah. there's value in like, just, I mean, just stick with that. And then, or if you do fight through the sequence and you get it clipped, like lower a little bit and then try that sequence again and make sure that that's the most efficient way for you to do it. You know? Okay. Um, so for a lot of these routes, like, or maybe not so much now, but when you guys were first starting to push, would a lot of times, would you go and attempt it? And then if you couldn't do it, then you'd project it. Or would a lot of times you just go and go, okay, I know this is a level above my grade. I'm going to start with this strategy. I'm going to learn the moves and then I'll go and try to send it. Um, I, it's only been in like the past four or five years. I said it was when I started pushing for 513 is when I started getting on stuff. If, even if I couldn't do the moves on the first day, I think I can see similar tendencies with my son. I am okay if I don't send it on the first try, but by the end of the day, I feel a whole lot better if I can say I've done all the moves, you know, cause then it's like, you have like a better idea of how long it's going to take. Um, now I'm, more confident and I'm getting on harder things and pushing myself more. And so I've learned to be more or less okay with maybe I got on it on both days during the weekend and there was still a sequence I couldn't do, you know, and I've learned through experience that that doesn't necessarily mean I'm that far away from it, you know, but, um, but yeah, I would say, I mean, yeah, I mean, just, you know, like just get through it and try it multiple times in that day. And well, then by the th- end of the day, you yeah. should have a good feeling of, 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 you know. Yeah. What I'm thinking is even as you guys are saying this, I'm like, we haven't even, we haven't even got into that space. Like, so f- up until now, we just show up and she just attempts everything. Well, attempts everything within, you know, the 11 range. And there's sure. been a couple times, like City of Rocks was a little sandbag that at least in the 11 range, not as so much in the 10s. And it was interesting to. I, I thought about it after I'm like, oh man, we probably should have just like maybe gone the first time, not thinking, okay, I'm going to see if I can send this maybe actively going into like, oh, I'm just going to work through the moves first before I attempt to send. We haven't ever done that. That's right. I think a really good, um, like a really good sweet spot of, of projecting is picking something that you can send in like two to four goes, like or which would translate, I guess, to like 
one to two days, depending on how much you're getting on it in a day. Yeah. Um, Cause that's that really sweet spot of you get a feel for like having to actually work moves and having to memorize your beta, but it doesn't like, but that's something that you can still send on like a week long trip. You know, if you're only in an area for a few days, like that still allows you to, you, you'll probably won't walk away empty handed, you know? Yeah. So it, it's, it's like a good success ratio, you know? Yeah. Um, what a, it's, yeah. That's good. This is really good advice because it helps me uh, like this. Is why your husband's good at uh, researching. I, I like to really systemize. I want to systemize it too. Like give me all, okay, we got a plan now, Gabby. Let's right. Go. And he's, he's a computer engineer. And so he likes, he loves the problem solving aspect of climbing, you know, and he is for him. It's like, if he sees a move that he can't do his first inclination, my first inclination, which I'm getting better about my first response is, Oh, I'm not strong enough. And his first response is how can I like do something different? So how that can I, can I look do. at this? Yeah. How can I look at right. this? Like, how problem? can I do it? How can I move my body in a different way? You know? Yeah. Um, but I think to me, the most important thing for projecting is memorizing beta. Um, okay. We write it, we write it down. Um, like every move I will write down, like get on the start holds. And I mean, sometimes we end up like naming them, you know, like get on the start hold, like right hand goes to the ear, left hand cross up to the little flat hold, then right hand pop to the two finger pocket. You know, we will write every single thing. Um, and wait, will you write lot. it while you're like, um, like you'll go attempt part of it and then come down and no, write it? no, uh -uh. We'll, okay. we'll write it like when we get home. Okay. Um, and sometimes I will try it again maybe even on top road, if I know, like I'm tired, I have no, I, I have no chance of sending. Sometimes I'll get on it one more time at the end of the day for the sole purpose of like muscle memory and memorizing the hold so that I know I can write it solidly down. Um, oh, okay. We do, we do a lot of videoing also like, so that then if we forget a section, we can go back and look and then I'll write it down. And then that way, if it's a month or two before you get back to it, you're not starting at square one. You know, yeah. you kind of have a feel for it. But a lot of times I find that even if it's been a while since I've been on the on the route and looked at the beta, um, just the act of writing it down, like kind of cements it a little bit further in my head, you know. Yeah. Um, and awesome. then once I if when I start getting close, I'm big into like visualizing myself doing it. I think that helps. It helps keep that muscle memory. For um, sure. Yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome. Wow, that's such good information. Gabby's gonna be really excited, and I will make sure when she sends her five twelve this summer that uh, yeah, I'll let you know because she'll. When be are you? It. When are you guys coming east? <clears throat> Probably in September. Okay. Yeah. I think. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping we we have a week about booked in Red River Gorge. I'm gonna go now and look for <clears throat> campgrounds in. At the one you said at New River, and we'll give it a try. Even though I, well, I'll be a, I'll be a solid five and five seven climber in in New River Gorge. Five. I mean, now I feel bad, but okay. I don't want to scare you away from it. I mean, I've heard I had heard rumors that it's it, well. I'm not good at Gabby too. She's working through, but bolting that's far apart. It's that's all just a whole nother head game that you have to get good at. And because, here's and here that's where like just those strategies of like not being afraid to stick clip through like you know uh, when i'm at 10 sleep i don't have to do that like i mean you know but sometimes at the new like if it's 
a long, the sequences are long. It's not that there's, I mean, typically at the new, if something is run out, it's one of two reasons. It's either so easy relative to the rest of the grade that, you know, if you're able to get on the route, you shouldn't be falling here. Or the sequence is so hard and tenuous that putting in another bolt there, like, where would you clip it? You know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. And that's what I end up on is the things that are easy, but spread out that you really wouldn't fall on. However, you have that mental game that if you did fall, this would be a dangerous fall. And so in a lot of ways, I am getting better. COVID has been pushing me to, to, because I have this feeling more of like, well, what if I'm never back here again? I'm going to regret that I didn't go for it. So I'm starting to push better. And, yeah. and I think of that, I'm like, it's better for me to just be on something harder and have a clean fall. Yeah. Have something easy that if I do something dumb, that it's not. Well, and a lot of times the moves are like the moves are, it's usually like big moves to pretty good holds at the new, um, like, you know, obviously relative to the grade, but um, yeah. So a lot of times the bolts look like they're really far apart. And by the time you clip, you're like, Oh, that bolts two or three feet below my feet, but it feels like it's in the right spot. You know, it's a lot yeah. of times from the ground, it looks super intimidating, but then you get up there and you're like, okay, the bolts in the right spot. I see why it's there. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. There's just that part. Uh, I just love about rock climbing, what it does to your mindset, to your awareness of your thoughts, to, listening to your demons, to listening to your ego, to, it's just, there's nothing, nothing in the world like that, that does that while all flow state sports can, it's just it's right. amazing to, because in some ways you're just moving so slow that your thoughts are really loud. Surfing, I right. mean, you have your thoughts, but just, everything's happening faster. So you're not, it's, it's not quite as painful. All right, right, Erica. Well, thank you so much. I know you got to run and pick up two kids. So I know. <laughs> this is the last day of of ballet camp, and then so then tomorrow it's my son is the only one, and then so then my daughter and I are going to go get a nut, and then go to and then she's going to go to the gym with me, and she's going to we're going to stop at the library on the way, and she'll read <laughs> her books and eat her donut while I climb. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, she sounds like Tatiana. She sounds like my uh, my fifth. Like this, nah, I just want like just just take it slow, mom. Let's just enjoy the process. Yeah. yeah. Well, she and she's tried, she wanted to do climbing team. She tried climbing team for a little while this past year and enjoyed it. And then she ended up not doing it because at the end, like the last 15 or 20 minutes, they have them do like sit-ups and planks and things like that. And she's like, I don't like doing that. I just want to climb. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you just climb, baby. Well, yeah. you don't have to. I know we taught gymnastics for 20 years and uh, I've taught lots of different kids, lots of different personalities. And it's really good just to let, you know, some kids are wired differently. And it's, it's I'm like, you're okay. If you're not doing planks when you're seven, that's fine. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. It's good. Now I was going to say, if you have the other side, I, when we quit, when we closed our gym, it was really because I got so many things like this where uh, we ran our classes kind of fast. So kids would get more exercise, not so much about pointed toes and kids would just be like, Mr. Victor, my finger hurts. And my mom said I had a tough week. So can I just sit out? You're like, what? How, why do you want to sit out? This is fun. I'm like, okay, I just can't. I'm done. I needed, I needed a break. Just like you said, with yeah. training. Yeah. I need a different thing. I can't do this anymore. Uh, well, it was really fun chatting with you. Me uh, too. Yeah. I appreciate it. 
when we uh, head your way, I'll definitely message you. And yes, please do. Please okay. do. Out there. All right. Take care. I look forward to meeting the rest of your family too. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Have a All good day. Right. Thanks, Erica. Bye.